0: You're going to have to of, fill me in on everything. It's kind of been a shitty week all around. Um, yeah. Can I tell a quick story, though? Yeah, um, please do. So I was driving um, by my house, and I was at this kind of weird intersection on 50th Street um, where kind of like you can turn on to go to Aurora. Mm-hmm. And this dude in this large white pickup truck just T-bones my car. While oh, what <laughs> the no! fuck? Yeah, it, but he wasn't going very fast. He was just going through a stop sign. So like it just like... Felt like my car got like pushed really hard, but like it wasn't like a violent like crash or anything like that. So I'm like, Oh my Jesus Christ, I didn't see that one coming. And so I, but my car still runs fine because the Jeep or the truck was so high up that it just missed the wheels and everything, Mm -hmm. it just hit the side. And so I'm like, Whoa, okay. So I drive over and park in the Woodland Park Zoo. And I'm kind of like signaling to the guy, like, yeah, follow me and we'll like <laughs> figure out what's going on. Yeah. And it was obviously an accident. But as I, um, as the guy parks, it's this giant white truck and the bumper is literally made of cast iron. What? Yeah. And on the bumper, it says Iron Cross. Oh, whoa. And I'm like, I see this, uh, you know, and I'm looking back and I'm like, oh fuck like did i just did a nazi just hit me like is this is what i'm at the deal with in the middle of my monday and i'm like uh, all right let me go just you know smile get through it get his insurance and then you know go home right luckily no one's injured and look fine his bumper lights like barely scratched yet the side of my car looks like some a giant punched it and uh and so I'm kind of like, all right, who's going to get out of this car? And uh, just a short, friendly Mexican dude comes out of the car. <laughs> so I guess the lesson of that is, you no, know, we have more in common than we have in different in this yeah, country. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, it's wow. a giant Iron Cross Don't judge a book truck. by its
1: cover, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't... I don't think he understood maybe all the implications of what Iron Cross had, but... He, it means something
2: to him. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It was just a big truck. He just liked his truck, so wow um well okay so you know uh yeah that's awful sorry to hear that you got hit yeah obviously first yeah of all. seriously i'm glad you're okay um now nothing i say that follows should be construed as legal advice since i'm not uh <laughs> certified or qualified to give any but you should absolutely um get a lawyer to represent you against with that man's insurance company so that you can collect the uh Largest amount possibly because they'll always try and like fob you off with nothing. But then I have to pay for the lawyer, though. Well, like that's a consideration. I've had very good luck. Yeah, they'll take a third of the of the settlement, but of your car speaking, crash lottery winnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> hey, man, I've done very well, and uh, and I can say, um, can I get Michael Cohen or somebody? To no, represent no, no, of no, no, no. I that, was <laughs> I know someone locally um, who who does this kind of work. His name is Matthew D. <laughs> Dugan. Uh, oh. He's, he's, I think his office of is not far, far away. That name <laughs> sounds so familiar.
1: <laughs> I should call him up. He has like, years hey. of
2: experience representing uh, regular working people against big insurance companies. <laughs> and um, that's, I think, um, yeah, you should give him a call.
0: Yeah, I think I will. Thank you, Greg. That's a great, I'll tell him later.
1: Hey!
0: (laughs) Welcome to Seattle Sucks, everyone. (laughs) It's definitely a party atmosphere here. We're pouring the champagne uh, because it's a beautiful day, and we're on episode number seven.
2: Lucky number seven. Seven
0: seven deep, guys.
2: Um, That doesn't make any sense, but... Gotta (laughs) drink something, and champagne is what we
0: had. Mostly had a bottle of champagne in my fridge for the last uh, couple months that I needed to pop open, I figured what better of an occasion than friends or in this case friend Greg
1: well all those jobs out there got some relief we can all celebrate that they won't be taxed that's
0: another thing to celebrate yeah yeah. to the repeal to jobs
2: (laughs) 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 to jobs oh man I (laughs) I
0: Happy Pride, everybody. Happy Pride. Happy Pride week. Uh, we're recording this episode on, uh, what is it, like Pride Day or what is it? At least in Seattle. The Pride the parade, parade. The, the day of the parade. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, which is awesome because it's the only time that people in Seattle actually know how to dress for the summer. You know? <laughs> like people are wearing shorts, wearing their skimpy outfits, whereas usually it's just a bunch of people dressed like it's fall. That's yeah. like the closest we get to like appropriate summer wear. I feel like you're
1: calling me out right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Colin's, Colin's wardrobe
2: does not change no. throughout the year. And yeah, I no. think that is actually very common around here.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's because
0: we don't have too much sunshine. It's like why buy a whole wardrobe for uh, literally like a month out of the well, year? Well,
2: because we maybe because we don't have so, uh, that much sunshine. I I can't take the heat. So I have to dress differently. I mm-hmm. I abhor wearing shorts and looking like. like an idiot school child yeah Um, thank you for saying it (laughs) because i Uh, i abhor it too uh but i do i regularly do you don't
0: have to wear the stockings you realize (laughs) (laughs) it's acceptable to not wear the the giant lollipop is really too much (laughs) 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 greg's summer outfit is literally a sailor outfit (laughs) uh (laughs) a giant lollipop (laughs) <laughs> hey man.
2: Uh I live on a boat. That I can, would be I can I can dress <laughs> as a sailor if I want.
0: Do it man. Bring it back. Yeah. That was a thing for a long time. Yeah. You dress your children up like they're in the
2: navy or something. I don't know. It uh, is summer in Seattle and we do actually have like the best summer weather.
0: Oh, it's amazing. It's like, you know, usually under eighty and there's a little breeze going through the air. I grew up in California where it's just like your summer is stark, zero clouds. Uh, zero wind, no breeze. Yeah, yeah. No, it's rough. Oh, it's horrifying. horrifying. I like hell. I, I lived in
2: in the San Fernando Valley okay. for like almost five years, and it would get in this shitty apartment with one little like wall AC unit. You know that the outside, the like um, radiator outside part of was like in direct sunlight all day. <laughs> so it, was, it it worked a little, but it was that was it for the whole apartment. It would get up to like, it, in August it would be 115 degrees in the valley and it would get down to all of like 90 at night. Oh my so god. So, I, I don't know how I, I, I don't, yeah. And yeah, the sun, you just you can't get away from the fucking sun.
0: It's punishing. Everything's like a thousand degrees. Your car is yeah. a thousand degrees. The ground, like if you take your sandals off, you're like, oh, Jesus.
1: <laughs> made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. So, we have it nice up here, yeah. uh,
2: especially in the summertime. If you're and listening from out of state for some bizarre reason um the reputation of seattle is that it is like one of the rainiest cities in america and i think people have a you know uh if you watch any like tv that's set here like on um, the killing, whatever I forget what network that is. Mm-hmm. Like it's like he- like serious movie rain, like coming down in torrential. Like, yeah, downpours. it's like road of Perdition style, yeah. like <laughs> noir. Yeah, and and it's that is not. It just basically rains on and off constantly every day, like in little dribbles for like seven, eight months of the year here, and so it's well deserved. Like we do, it is raining, but the summer is like. um is really really one of the better summers in america it's
0: primo and especially because of global warming it's getting nicer and nicer uh so
2: i don't know i don't know any hotter and i'm i'm start to get against it well, if, it,
0: mm. I, you if know. it extended summer that might be an improvement but if but it just if gets hotter well, for the same period i mean of time. it's
2: already we've had some hot weeks already yeah. this year, which is yeah. early so this is Definitely. early summer usually mm-hmm. summer like you can only guarantee, like, a Seattle summer to start by, like, July 4th, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it, it continues on into, like, early September. But this year, we've already had some, like, 90-degree mm-hmm. days. And so I'm not looking for—I mean, August, like— Yeah, that could, could be, be, like, you you have hundreds— some- yeah, we could. I and the know.
0: forest fires. It's just so much to look forward <laughs> to. Uh, but because it is Pride, uh, we are broadcasting in our... Uh, just wearing thongs only. Yeah. Uh, so uh, here in the purple thong, uh, I'm Alex. In the red thong is Greg. Here I am. And in the blue thong The is blue winter arctic thong <laughs> is Colin, everybody. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> um. So, yeah, what do we have to talk about today? What's, what's on the uh, docket? I think... Um,
2: well, so we, Colin and I talked about, um, you know, last week about the, uh, the the big. Uh, finally, the whole head tax thing made national news when everyone thought there was a real story in laughing at the Seattle City Council for being <laughs> such fucking morons and uh, repealing something by seven votes that a week earlier they had passed by nine unanimously. Um, and and the narrative that we all knew here that. Amazon had basically bought the political process, you know, was then finally so clear that you could put it in a national headline. But so we talked a little bit about that. And um, but, I, you know, I still haven't really heard uh, your thoughts about it, Alex.
0: Um, nothing new to add. I think it's pretty absurd all around, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, you can definitely sort of laugh at what happened. Um, what's going to be interesting, though, is we have an election coming up and we're at least this fall and it uh seven of the council members are up for reelection, and awesome and talking to inside sources it sounds like they're pretty much all gonna have to really fight for this one <laughs> um can't
2: imagine why <laughs> so if they didn't i mean they were kind of milk toast before a lot of them but now like they they really look no matter who you are they look like fucking morons
0: yeah, well, uh, apparently a couple of them, uh, probably Bagshaw and Harrell, might might just call it quits and retire rather Good. than go through a Thank fuck. a painful uh, <laughs> re-election. Um, also, it would make sense that uh, Bagshaw was leaving because she's you know, just been so wild lately with her uh, with her photocopier uh, chiding and, well, and rule following. All you know,
2: of so. her all of her like office grievances that have just been building up all these years just in her, she hasn't she's just like fuck it I'm coming out loud and proud now I'm I'm putting everything on the table. <laughs> Sorry, um, yeah. So. Um, And then to add to the fuel on
0: the fire, I guess, is this lawsuit over the vote that they had, which apparently, you know, as council members, you know, aren't allowed to sort of collude together for a
2: vote. um, Right. Before the vote. Right. So supposedly they didn't follow the proper procedures of open, you know, it's open government rules and then notification ahead of time of the vote. And that, that. I guess that's somewhat subjective in this case, but, you know, there's a case to be made and someone's making it. But I, you know, I'm, I just, uh, I'm really skeptical of the sort of uh, efficacy of sunshine laws like this. Like, um, it's sort of, it's sort of a fantasy, like a a weird, like fantasy to think that you can improve something about the political process by, by, like mandating all discussion between legislators happen in public, it's totally impractical. Impractical. It's utterly unenforceable, um, and it's not really. It doesn't. It's this very um, technocratic solution to like, it's you know this stuff. It's this thinking that comes out of the seventies, like the post Watergate era, and like, and it. It's this very, but it's this very technocratic liberal like idea that if you just have all these like rules in place, to, that'll make government better. But the the funny thing is, is
0: in this particular case, you know, it is against the law for them to do that, or against the rules. Let's put it that way, at least. And uh, it's fine if Durkin does it, if she's the conduit for everything. That's totally legal because okay. she's not part of the council, so it's, it only affects council members doing this. Um, hmm. I mean, she can't tell other council members, but if she's the, the only conduit of everything, then that's fine. That's not really a big deal, I guess. Okay. Um, but it is against the rules, and yeah, they probably did break him in this case. So the lawsuit has been filed by none other than Lincoln Beauregard, okay. who you guys remember him. He uh, defended, or I guess he actually stopped. What did he do? He wasn't defending. He was suing. He, he was... Uh, um,
2: he was representing the or some of or one of or some of see i've been out of this yeah, i haven't been in no recall either exactly. of the people of the the men who were accusing uh former seattle mayor ed murray of uh well child rape um in the 80s uh ed oh. murray is gone now uh having resigned and it seems uh, you know, I mean, presumably there's m- gonna be more to this story over the years of like if he's uh okay, well, all
0: that aside. Uh-huh. Lincoln beauregard is the <laughs> lawyer who is representing uh, or who's bringing this case forward, mm-hmm. okay and he's no stranger to the press. he likes to publicize things and uh, the council is a little bit worried because if the lawsuit goes ahead, then he can depose every council member because wow. they are they're all I guess all in on it together. And the depositions would be done uh, three months before the election. Oof. So it would be perfect timing for just, you know, crazy headlines. I mean, who knows? What, he'd
2: be able to publish the, the depositions? Yes. Okay. Alex,
1: I don't know if you know this, but it's called Compromat. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I
0: am familiar with that. Um, and so uh, it's just kind of a crazy time.
1: Uh, for the city and well, good Lord. I mean, talk about cutting off your nose to spite your face almost <laughs> like what a farce to repeal legislation that you passed unanimously and then to do it by violating some, as Greg said, just ridiculous sort of procedural <laughs> issue and then potentially face, Deposition. Yeah, I mean, like of of this so it's it's like like an shooting yourself episode or something. I mean,
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it's or like it um, defies reality almost. Like a really like small time and banal, um, uh, the like the thick of it or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But so if it if it if somehow so if this lawsuit, I, I mean, again, I haven't been following this. Does that would this invalidate the actual? repeal vote then
1: that's what i read and that's what we reported <laughs> last oh that's episode. right we did say well,
0: that okay. yeah if <clears throat> if a judge or a jury decided that they were guilty then it would um although- presumably
2: they could then just turn around and re repeal it and just go through the fucking motions
0: right it doesn't have any major consequences beyond just it being a headline that people can get yeah. into whatever
2: well i mean there's the small chance that them being made a laughing stock in the national press <laughs> for a day, you, you know, even if it was just a day, like changes the calculus for them when if they have to come back and repeal it again. But you know, I probably I think people would not probably, care at that point. Maybe maybe it'll only uh, you know go down by six votes or something. Yeah, somebody know. somebody <laughs> might flip.
1: That that or, would potentially be wise. But it's probably worth mentioning again that. Um, because of this procedural issue, the no tax on jobs referendum did have to turn in those signatures uh, two weeks ago. I guess it was, right. So it's also possible in some weird world that we may Mm -hmm. inhabit that it could actually end up being
2: on the ballot. Like, after, if all, after all this bullshit, yeah, the council God, stays is, out, decides, well, is, fuck it, we'll yeah, stay no, no, no. out of it. This yeah. is
0: perfect, right? Because what's going to happen is it'll make the ballot, the voters will turn it down, and then the council will have to re-vote <laughs> on it. <laughs> and then, of course, they'll kill it, right? <laughs> So it'll be, like, a complete... Uh, I mean, it'll be truly an amazing, yeah. like, moment I, in Seattle politics.
1: Yeah, we'll need a schoolhouse <laughs> rock of, like, <laughs> just to explain.
2: Yeah. How did well, we get here? Yeah. This has always been my stated hope and wish, is that we would have this insane, bitter, bizarre fight over this referendum. And I I, I doubt that's going to happen. That yeah. would, a lot of shit would have to go down for this to actually matter, but... Oh man, it would be so. Yeah, I, I think you're right on that. It's a
1: minuscule po- possibility, but it is a possibility. <laughs> totally. Um,
0: so, so yeah, there's going to be quite quite a fight coming up in the in the re-election, and another kind of interesting, I guess, uh, development or or something like that. Well, let
2: me ask. Let me ask out. Like, you're saying um, these seven who are up for re-election. Um, either, well, some of them might not run, or the others are. There's a feeling like a lot of them are going to have to fight for it. And I'm like, well, why do you think that? And Or why are the people you're talking to, why do they think that?
0: Right. So one thing in particular that will make the election interesting is the new voucher system that we have enacted. And I don't know if any other cities or major cities have done this but it's it's definitely unique right where every uh seattleite gets four democracy vouchers i can't remember exactly how much each one's worth
2: they're like 25 20, bucks 25 i think bucks a I each. Guess, yeah okay. i i i did. i used mine in the last election
0: yep and so what happens is if you any candidate who or anyone who declares that they're running can get 150 $10 donations then they are eligible to receive the vouchers which are worth up to $200,000 wow so uh basically because of the voucher system you're gonna see a lot more a lower uh, bar to entry for this election and if there if this backlash against the council sort of the wave continues to build um then you're gonna have a lot of people coming out of the woodwork to specifically against the council yeah And, and and the feeling is probably not from the liberal side but maybe who knows right um and then on top of that, you're going to have the corporate candidates coming out again. Yeah. I'm sure the chamber is lining up, you know, their next round of you know whatever losers Fucking that couldn't guns. win an election <laughs> in any other year. Um, all of a sudden, now because you know the the conversation has changed, all of a sudden have a chance in hell of winning. I hope so because they're all like, going to come out, and since that's going to be
2: those those types of people those guys like the chamber type candidates like like a bunch of like low rent dino rossi's like to just (laughs) that's saying a lot i mean like yeah oh god it'd be so oh yeah this is gonna be fun either way oh it'll
0: be exciting it'll be like just endless i hope hope you like chatter about politics (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be for sure um so that's exciting yeah, that's something wow. I look forward to.
1: So, so one question, pardon my ignorance on this and hopefully you to one of you two knows the answer, but the vouchers can be used by the candidates to do what? Do, so
2: so it gives them money. So you yeah, get yeah. So, you get 4. Yeah. So if they get a voucher back from you,
1: they can convert they just that get to cash that money. and yeah, they get that 25 it, bucks. That's just goes their to their okay. campaign fund. Yeah, yeah, that was my understanding. I just wanted to clarify, I guess. Yeah, and I think it's it is really
0: confusing, actually. Unless you're someone sort of like explains it to you, uh, getting something in the mail and then sitting down and going through it <laughs> isn't usually what most people want to do at the end of the day. Yeah. So these vouchers kind of just sit on people's countertops, but they actually are like two hundred thousand dollars is plenty of money to run a small oh, yeah. campaign. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you can get a lot done with two hundred k. Now, granted, with a lot of contenders, that money is going to get split up a lot, so yeah. it it may not end up making much of a difference but well like uh, you say i
2: think it opens up um it opens up the field which you know I'm, i don't want to say that's like some kind of panacea but i think overall that's probably uh public funding of elections i'm all for that's what this is this is actually like a real public election funding idea that has been implemented we've done one election with it so far and uh i think it's great and if that if the effect of that is that it it slightly weakens like established party power and opens up the field for more people, um, that's overall pretty great. In practice, it'll yeah, it'll probably because just, you know, this world in this city sucks, it'll probably be a wash. It'll probably just be as good for like insane libertarian shitheads yeah. as anyone else. But who knows? I don't know. I mean, overall, I'm for it. Like yeah, I'm all I'm all good. I gave my vouchers to John Grant last time around. So it sounds like, um, you know, some of these people are gonna have a tough time. Um, but like I think you were saying earlier, Alex, um, before we started, that uh, people you talked to had a, you know, had an analysis about. Um, Sawant in particular maybe having a different calculus this time around like a, a harder road to yeah, the re-election
0: I was wondering about Sawant because it seems like she has this like strong base that's sort of outside of the establishment that kind of will, she can count on to carry her through maybe a harder election than usual um, but the thought is that um, because of her backing of John Grant and not Muscada that she alienated a lot of labor and labor backed candidates Okay. And, and that might weaken her chances. And I also think that more than anything, it's going to be an issue of are more older conservative people going to come out and vote because of this whole head tax fiasco? And will younger people just sort of get tired of the bullshit like they usually do, not come out and vote, and that wave is just going to roll her over?
2: Yeah, we talked about that earlier, like this... Idea that she alienated labor, but like, and I was, I didn't think so. And I kind of tried to look this up, and it seems like she never really got much of an endorsement from organized labor anyway in her previous elections, because, which makes sense. I mean, they're not, the organized labor leadership does not think of itself as socialist, and they, you know, tend to be basically democratic now, which is to say, like, want to compromise with business. Um, so, It's hard to imagine that that actually, like, changes anything for her because... And, yeah, she's... I mean, from the beginning, she's run against establishment. I mean, she runs as a red. Like, that's, like... People thought that was crazy when, you know, she started... When she ran the first time, like, that couldn't play. But, I mean, I think that has been shown to be bullshit. Um, Well, but she also has, like, the Seattle Times is
0: constantly... You know, talking shit about her and they can't stop like the whole, um, you know, she was getting um, complaints against her ethics complaints for the whole, uh, you know, for uh, the copy machine usage was among other things. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievably, the copy machine usage, but also going after that one slumlord asshole, right? (laughs) Yeah, He sued her for defamation and the city uh, paid to defend her as it should. Uh, She's an elected official and therefore a target to lawsuits. Um, so I am not anti that, but the Seattle times, holy shit, folks, don't tell the times that she should be, you know, she should be paying every penny of her defense. Oh yeah. And, and they have been running that line constantly. And then, um, when, and in each of these complaints have gone to the commission and they've determined that these are groundless basically. And you know, none of that gets publicized at all. Right. So pretty much the popular conscious, I think as it exists in Seattle Is out there that oh you know this is just some big government wasteful you know candidate and I think that you should never underestimate that like oh you know what I mean like it it might not have an effect at all but I mean the perfect storm of events could you know lead it one way or another especially if uh, you know you are lacking in endorsements you might see I don't know some other candidate who's just like you get endorsed over you because they don't have ethics complaints or something ridiculous
2: the endorsements ultimately I think in a race like this are about like what those do to get their people out for like boots on the ground like actually knocking on doors but like my my like political calculus on so remains the same which is that like her main strength is that she remains like a uniquely consistent politician Whatever the case, she always sticks to basically what you would imagine. She, you, you don't have to like guess like you do with any Democrat who's like you could come out and say anything about any issue. Well, you know, we looked at the facts. And in this case, because of these arcane, you know, <laughs> uh, technical issues and strategy, you know, I'm going to. But no, she she sticks with exactly what you would think she would on basically everything. I think that gives her a strength, and I think it's all. I also think it's the right strategy, even if she loses. So I'll stick to that, like today. And even if standing up against Amazon and you know calling for the heads of business and whatever else, like David Horsey puts in (laughs) fucking cartoons, I I, even if she loses, I say that's still the right strategy because you have to think longer term than this. But Mm -hmm.
0: but it. It fits into a larger sort of weird conception, though, because you have, um, what's his name? Uh, Bezerow writing columns for Seattle Times talking about, you know, my parents survived Stalinism. Yeah. Yeah. And and that being equated with her. And I think, like, it's obviously totally ridiculous, right? But maybe call it the Howard Dean effect. But, like, I think that people are actually afraid of, like, you know, once people a large scale it gets largely publicized how quote unquote extreme you are even if you're not then you're you're basically fighting uphill
2: yeah I, but it hasn't hurt her to now and again like again it's i think that's this liberal conception of how politics works but that's like, what happened to Howard Dean though no that was what, like, what perfectly what happened to fine Barack Obama okay they called him a communist a muslim communist foreigner for eight <laughs> fucking years and it's like you can't go any farther than that so like why not why not just stick to your principles you know they're gonna do this shit anyway that's what's so funny about her being called like this radical stalinist is like you can't she might as well be what she is and stick to her principles because they'd be doing that anyway even if they call yeah dude i have hurt when not in the I have heard people refer to Michael Bryan as a communist at work, okay? So, like, it doesn't (laughs) fucking matter. Like, you might as well stick to your fucking principles. Because if you just, like, anything that acknowledges the essential fucking conflict of interest between billionaires and everyone else is going to be, like, thought of as communist. That's a fucking serious... Thing So, like, yeah. it doesn't fucking matter. You might as well... Well, I agree that it doesn't matter. Like, I don't yeah. think she
0: should change her tune or anything yeah. or be less of a candidate that she, she already is. But I think that it is... I don't think it's necessarily taken for granted that that's going to carry her through. Yeah, no, through. I agree. Especially because, like, we all we all know Seattle <laughs> isn't a liberal utopia. You know, we... We like to do some liberal things every now and then. We definitely, we definitely love token liberalism. My God, uh, we're all
2: Randians
1: now. Yeah,
0: man. but for the most part, I mean, yeah, Seattle, you know, you can't rely on a liberal uh, base supporting you purely
2: on that. Yeah, well, I mean, to your point about like the old conservative people, like how much they come out and vote. I again, I think it's the same thing in the city and nationally. They always vote. They always will. But they're real. These real hard, Republicans, the worst people in America, are really only about actually twenty five percent of America. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that nobody fucking votes. So whether this will work or not, I don't know. But if you can be something so different, like Shamus want something that actually gets people who otherwise wouldn't vote out to vote, then that's real. That's the only way forward. Whether it works in this particular election or not, I don't know, works enough, but that is that's the path forward is being something so fucking out of the box that another 50% of America and Seattle who don't fucking vote actually comes out.
0: Yeah, I agree. And her the only the only downside to her is that she's limited, right, by her constituency. Right? I think yeah. given a wider constituency, she wouldn't have a problem because there are enough liberal people in Seattle to carry her through. Limited to yeah. our district, who knows? I don't know. Also, because it's summertime, um, is a special time in Seattle because all the UW students leave, which is nice. It's a little, you can walk down the Ave, and, and it's just a little bit more casual and carefree, and everyone's just a little bit happier because there aren't hordes of of... <laughs> of, of, of
1: of rich you doing
0: co-eds, co-eds <laughs> down the parking anyway. their mercedes benzes <laughs> in handicap parking spots or whatever um but uh but not so much anymore because uh it's my favorite part of the season amazon intern season folks uh so just when you, they thought you could take a breather in the u district they're bringing in about oh 900 to a thousand interns <laughs> Have fun uh, navigating that. They also have to like the infrastructure cost is like, yeah, crazy. They have to dedicate new bus lines. Let's put that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Uh, I
2: mean, that just says it all, right? Like, it's so (laughs) that's it's it's so hard to like explain. It's so hard to paint the picture because of the way we think of how our society works. That like actually all business relies heavily on public infrastructure from yeah. roads to courts oh, or whatever oh, that, and could and, not and they're, exist. And they're staying in UW dorms. Right. Government right. paid for They housing. are? I mean,
1: like, really?
0: Yeah. I mean, like, uh, Amazon wow. is paying for it, but those were built with public money, and they yeah. exist only because of public money. Yeah. So, so... And otherwise they'd have to be paying for $1,800 single-family, or, you know, $1,800 single-bedroom apartments in Seattle, yeah, right, which uh, right. makes it less <laughs> enticing <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: to deliver 900 uh, kids to the city. <laughs> so, oh, wow. but like that, this puts that in high relief, I think like, but it's, it's not, it's like, it's, this is this whole idea of, you know, them not paying taxes is like, exactly. It just, yeah. it's just, oh God, it's so frustrating. Like everything they've, everything they do is so fucking reliant on the collective infrastructure, whether that's, you know, just from the roads to courts to the actual fucking, Like everything has actually been invented basically at universities and then given basically freely to business. So Mm -hmm. all technology, you know. The
0: technology they use to, yeah, for their business to run. To
1: build a a store online.
2: (laughs) (laughs) To build, um, like, to invent the Sears catalog for the digital age. But
1: online. Uh,
2: (laughs) To be, to like, use, um, to become a cartel of billionaires who form join forces together to pool enough capital to basically uh put other businesses to to force other businesses out of the market and monopolize those markets um yeah Yeah.
0: also I, i would like it to note that it was the um you know the moon landing itself the the scientific advances Of landing on the moon, that made dash button technology available. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Where where clicking a button puts a product in your cart. I mean, it's amazing, right? Wow. (laughs) So that's something to look forward to. The future (laughs) is (laughs) yesterday. Basically, yes. Um, Shall we pivot? You wanted to talk about Jenny. We can talk about Jenny. All right. Jenny, we got your number. I, (laughs) I think we should play some like, uh, you know, uh, good,
2: bad, and the ugly music. Well, she she needs (laughs) she needs some kind of theme. Yeah.
0: Durkin uh, has gone west, or in this case, (laughs) slightly southeast (laughs) to the border. <laughs> where where do you go when there's an ICE detention center literally in your city? <laughs> Why you, we're on like the same
2: can... day like Bob Ferguson and um and and the governor were at the uh, one and two. Also, there are people now you know forming uh, as of this morning. I think like an occupy camp outside yeah. the detention center in Tacoma. That's oh, yeah, awesome. Rad. So yeah. that's yeah, that's awesome. I, I, uh, people have been props fighting to that, those people. Yeah,
0: yeah, people have been fighting that Huge fucking center. I mean, since it was built. Like, I oh, yeah. remember when it was first built, you know, organizing with people that I lived with to go down there and protest that shit. And uh, it's just at least encouraging that that fight continues. And that was continues. under the... You
2: know, that, was, that, that was, you know, that was, what, in the last six months under the Trump administration, right? No. Oh, <laughs> no, no, not even. No, it wasn't. Uh,
0: <laughs> it was about eight years ago. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. No, that, that can't be. I'm
2: confused. No.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that, you know this horrible shit has been going on forever in seattle and there have been a ton of people out there you know trying to fight it every day um but i guess it isn't politically popular for politicians to make a stance against it until something truly beyond the pale happens yeah by
2: by a by people who are doing it like gleefully as well you know yeah yeah
0: completely and and so anyway what we're talking about of course is that uh Durkin in response to the zero tolerance Trump policy of family separating separation families. children
2: and everything yeah. um,
1: and functioning in the spirit of Seattle's proximity law of politics.
0: Oh we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Completely in line following the laws of proximity politics um, you know went all the way to the border in Texas to to make her displeasure known uh, with I don't know like a few other governors and or mayors uh, uh sorry, it was yeah, like a few a other collection mares. Of mayors. It was a collection of mayors. And for literally less than twenty-four hours, gave a press statement in front of the border and then packed up and left. And that was their photo op. And I wonder what you guys think. Like I mean, I'm pretty cynical politically, <laughs> so I just see it as like this is a photo op. But I mean it's also a horrible, horrible thing. Well, and like, yeah. she should be outspoken against it. So I'm not against like it on principle. But I do feel a little bit like maybe it was it was done because it was very visible and it was a way to get headlines.
1: I guess, you know, when we started this show, this is something I think we talked about with respect to the um, toll roads that were going to be enacted on city streets. Seattle has this penchant for trying, kind of trying to play World City and... We have for a while, and we just, we always look outward to try to show to the rest of the world that, hey, we're a real city. We're very progressive. We're very liberal. And this, this just seemed like theater. Of course, the sentiment is absolutely right. We should abolish ICE. and whoa, whoa,
2: whoa hang on. That was not her sentiment. Well, that's was not it? the sentiment, but that's <laughs> mine. But sure.
1: Um, I mean, we should end these practices, obviously, first and form- foremost. I think that is consistent with any center. Uh, left position but we should abolish ice um we should stop deporting almost everyone but uh should do,
2: except people who work for ice yeah ICE except for be
1: republicans probably um <clears throat> but yeah this was just this was in the wake of the repeal of um, a really honestly a terrible week i think for seattle with respect to our homelessness problem mm-hmm. and so for her to go out there and make this big show is just it's kind of absurd because we have i mean ice is a problem here like you just said uh, that we have a center in tacoma but we have a very serious problem and they may not be children, but they're still people. And well, and they're, there are very a lot, of and there are children. children yeah. yeah, there was like a five-month-year-old ch- child that was found well, in yeah, an encampment recently. Here. I mean, this is a serious problem, and I and it, another, it just felt ridiculous. To a me. weird parallel to the
0: head tax thing, though, was that um, one of the major things they were pointing out against the detaining of immigrants at the border was that. Uh, there's no place to house them, so they actually gave a press conference in front of tents because, I mean, that's the only way that ICE has, and it ultimately is an unsustainable policy because there's nowhere to put all these people they're rounding up. So it was a weird, must have been a weird week for Jenny to <laughs> be in front of tents in Seattle and yeah. t- totally fuck that one up, um, and then and then have to take a, a flight all the way to Texas. To then give another speech in front of tents, um, this time for a different segment of the population.
2: I think to criticize our politicians for you know being good on one issue but bad on another. It's like we should be able to do multiple things at once. So I think in a way, maybe we have to kind of ultimately, as much as we may be like annoyed that they're so terrible here at home. And on this homelessness issue, like we maybe have to, we maybe have to separate that and allow that, you know, and say it is okay to, um, it's okay for a politician. It's good if a politician wants to actually like showboat and take credit for something that's good. I think that's politics, and that's what we want. That's I want a politician out there, um, like get it shining light on any issue that I'm for. the problem the real problem here is that Democrats and like it's it is good that this like deeply insane and troubling and really like a gleefully hateful policy from the White House is getting this huge pushback. This is good and that it's bringing you know everybody every politician wants to get a piece of it great. Okay, all Democratic politicians, or lots of them, Jenny Durkin included, uh, Bob Ferguson included, Jay Inslee included. Um, that's fantastic. I think the problem then is that they're only coming out here, and and this is the problem with this is the thing. This is why I can't be for the Democratic Party. This is why I have these disagreements with you know my Lib Dem friends. It's like yes, when there's actual. Like, literal, like, child children in cages, yeah, in concentration camps. Um, when like actual white nationalism is front and center, the actual policy of the federal government, um, then you know, in a very loud, um, and open way, then the democrats come out and, um, and show their face, but the horrifying truth we have to acknowledge is that these policies are 85 90 percent the same as they were under Obama. Yeah. Obama oh, deported more people than any administration in those eight years, any administration in history, com- like combined. Yeah, I think because more than well, the previous two combined. Well, well because but mostly we didn't... because of
0: ICE had just been created, well, and he had eight years of
2: ICE to do this work for him. So well, yeah, I
0: mean, it's in context.
2: Yes. Well, yeah, that's that's but he but they didn't they weren't out talking about it then. Like they weren't they didn't oh, have the right, same right, right. like this was yes, this was a democratic supposedly liberal administration that was not able to confront this. The actual condemnation ultimately wasn't there. And yeah. And well, so that's why that's why I'm cynical about this shit is like it's great that these people are getting out and Condemning this, but you know where's it been? You know,
1: it's because they have no ideology, and I guess that's what I was sort of trying to get to—is about why it's so grating to see Durkin out there. It's it's only applied when it's opportune. Yeah, it it's it doesn't reflect an ideology. This is the easiest thing to do to come out against this, right? Like it actually takes nothing if you're a normal person. This is reprehensible to you. I mean, yeah. I, like it's the easiest thing you can do. So they're doing it because it's easy, because they don't believe in anything,
2: rather than having a firm, like ideological, like worldview. Yes, that, and then for eight years as uh, running the government. Right, but specific- they never said that specifically. Durkin herself, though, right? Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, yeah, we could, of um, course, blow this up to a large national issue, but. Um, you know, I never saw any Ferguson or Durkin, at least that I know of, uh, ever make a statement before any of this or no. have a position on no. it. And then to all of a sudden take a plane and then fly down there as some sort of like you know big message uh, just seemed like a little bit out of nowhere. And and listen, like if that's what it takes to get a conversation about ice in in sea going, then I'm all for it. I'm not against any of that, but. I am
2: skeptical of that, like, the question is, are they leading on these issues? Like, yeah. I think when I, you know, I get into these arguments, I call, I know you do too, where yeah. it's like our Lib Dem friends will go, like, well, all these these Democrats, Hillary and Obama and Durkin, you know, they're for they're for all these progressive things like LGBT rights, okay? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, okay, they are now, but do you remember that? Barack Obama ran yeah, for yeah. president, yeah. as did Hillary Clinton, uh, against you know, against marriage equality. Yep. And it's like, you have to understand, that was not that long ago. <laughs> so they actually haven't led on that. We could go deeper into that, but it's not yeah, the point. Yeah. They haven't led on these issues. They've, once other people, uh, grassroots movements, yeah. have changed the... Um, the american public's opinion on things then the democrats come in yeah. and are suddenly for them and it's opportunistic Totally. And even if they were for even if you know i mean literally this was the narrative in the obama administration that oh obama was always for gay rights but no. yeah, he just he couldn't, couldn't come, campaign on well you know yeah. because that's not practical and it's yeah. like well, that's that's um <laughs> that's despicable that's yeah. not <laughs> that's not something to like be proud of yeah. like But this idea that all you need to be satisfied with a politician is know in your heart that they they feel the same things you do about an issue. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's not fucking leadership. No. And it's opportunism and it's fucking revolting. It's
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. revolting. And this is... I just want to make one comment on that. I know that we're really sort of in the weeds in this discussion, but this is the uh, Thomas Frank thing from Listen Liberal these people to your point greg they are all they're the manager class and they're they are in, unable to face any risk so that's why they can't lead well, they is, think that's right they do think that's right so they wait until it's the most politically expedient and again as i've said just said earlier easiest Very thing to easy. do then they come out like like they were the vanguard and it's <laughs> they take credit yeah you know, yeah, they take credit for something that basically already happened,
0: yeah, and yeah. was already in the, the
1: mechanism was already <laughs> yeah. moving for yeah. Trump
0: to sign the order to stop zero tolerance. Yeah, yeah that's so it didn't really, you know, but uh, you know, of course, it was well timed. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and good,
2: and you know, again, politicians going out, take, you know, being visible, taking credit for good things. I am not against, but yeah. they need to it needs to be all the good things <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I don't, or I'm not yeah. impressed. You know? Yeah. Right. Sure.
0: That makes sense. And, uh, we touched upon this earlier, but this definitely is one of our favorite themes of, uh, Brett Hamill's, uh, sort of diagrams that he uh, has been trying, uh, <laughs> lately, uh, which is a graph basically showing, um, how progressive Seattle is versus, <laughs> um, how far away that progressive issue is from Seattle. And again, um, uh, this one is like a, I would say like a full, probably like a... Uh, Now, I'm going to get technical, but uh, you know, is a a sharply, a steeply descending (laughs) line. uh, Alex is a data scientist, so
2: (laughs) feel free. That's what you bring to this podcast, Alex. So go in, go into the weeds. I was going to
0: say, like, a slope of about seven, (laughs) a gradient of seven. (laughs) Okay. So get out of here. I don't know what that means, but I'm impressed. uh, (laughs) Rise over run, Greg. Rise (laughs) over run. Uh, But basically, this notion that you know when things are far away from our you know from affecting um let's put it this way when things are literally far away from happening in seattle we love to condemn we love to file lawsuits and get the process going and stop them but when things are close to us we need to have a civil uh, discussion uh, <laughs> where all sides are heard and committees are formed and poll- oh, especially polls are taken. And then once we've polling. done all
2: that, we need to fucking scrap it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how many- If we got the wrong
1: answer, start again. <laughs> how many-
2: how you many- can take the test over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's open book and it doesn't matter how many times you fail.
0: Yeah, but how many fucking people do you think Durkin consulted to take a fucking plane oh, yeah. to Texas and yeah. make this decision? Probably three people yeah yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh, her whoever her staff is that runs all that stuff maybe a couple of the other mayors and it was decided nope we need to do this right this needs yeah. to get done uh, regardless of all the bullshit that was going on here with the head yeah. tax um she made the executive decision more or less to do that yeah um but that's because there's there's no skin in the game for her it's, right it's easy yeah, yeah it's easy and and that needs to happen here like we need that liberal leadership. politicians yeah. to act on instinct here because when you don't do that you end up falling down these like j- hilarious, uh, absurd uh, processes, and, and one of my favorite things is I don't know if you guys are following this. This sort of like uh, the what is it? The uh, head of the Seattle Police Department choosing. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, the new, the new, the, the new uh, chief. Police, police chief. Police yeah. chief. That's what I was trying to think of. They listed there was an article about about how they the process they went through to, to choose this person, and it's like literally consulting fifty interest groups. And then going through a voting process, and then a public thing, and it's like, my God, it will never get done. If, if and this also is the process that you what, follow, what
2: a process like that does is, it it, you know, the answer is the lowest common denominator. Yeah, obviously. yeah
0: whoever right. can stick around yeah. the longest, dude. Who, who, I got I got nothing right. to do. <laughs> I can wait uh, a year. And
2: who's who's the least offensive to the most number of groups? Yeah. And it's like the policing in this country and in this city. In liberal Seattle is, like, uh, an emergency situation that needs to, like, change fucking immediately. Uh, So... That's, yeah, that's not that's not the leadership we need, you know? Yeah, not, leadership not
0: to me on this process isn't like a, a crazy, long, drawn-out, multiple, you know, you know, hundreds of opinions consulted <laughs> to make a decision. It should, it should be obvious, right?
2: Like, yeah, someone who's going to, you need a chief who's going to come in and work hand-in-hand hand with a mayor to fire a shitload of cops.
0: Yeah, and Durkin herself is, at least in words, uh, for cleaning up the Seattle Police Department like yeah. she's she's definitely but again. that's the easiest thing to
2: say like let's see it you know <laughs> yeah. well
0: it's the easiest thing to say but she has a lot of opposition i think that there are a lot of people who who think that no we need to embolden cops to to clean up the streets even
2: more which um, is insane in this which town. is insane yeah. i mean but it's literally forget the, the rest of, of america paper. just in seattle like i mean i am a like a tall white man so like but you know so whatever take this as a grain of salt but I, there is literally no square footage of seattle that i would not yeah. feel safe walking through the middle of the fucking night
1: yeah i think we have a remarkably safe city <laughs> like, really like like yeah really safe absolutely
0: mm-hmm. yeah i agree i you know i anyone that's traveled outside of seattle and has been into a seedy neighborhood knows that yeah. it's, it's completely different um you know but for whatever reason you know it's just not obvious to people here
2: right well even in those pl- like everywhere in america a police we need to abolish policing and completely rebuild our like safety services from the ground up with multiple like solutions to different problems that don't in- then like remove like anyone who's ever been a cop basically but but in this pro- if that's not going to happen tomorrow here our selection of a chief should include completely at least like rebuilding the SPD. Yeah. Under oh, different that would rules. Be nice, yeah. Wouldn't it? <laughs> Think of all the stories like we've read over the years of all those cops in Seattle. I mean, we're you know, we're under consent decree from the federal government. Yeah. But like all those cops who have been like whose names you can remember from like like uh like Cynthia Whitlatch is still a cop, right? Like still there's still cops. You know? Maybe yeah. she is. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she finally did get fired fired. but it was like years after like her yeah yeah, i I think you were right about that i
1: think she did get fired but i think you're right it it was it was was a a long long time time later and like
2: there's so many that i got you know that's just always the name that comes to mind because it's one of the funniest um (laughs) what what a despicable person she is but like um god it's just you know even in that's that was the funniest thing i mean this was like this is I don't even remember what year the de- consent decree was, but, like, that was a big... I feel like that was a big shock to people, like, because we do have this... We feel like Seattle is this liberal, progressive place, and then to find out that SPD is, like, barely any better than, like, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, like, <laughs> it, that really, like, blew some people's minds. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, you got nothing to do, you know? You got, yeah. There's no crime. There's no real crime anymore, so... You know, what else are you going to do? Rather you got to make crime. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs>
0: I, I. But anyway, I think just to round off uh, the episode, uh, I just want to reiterate that uh, summertime in Seattle is a little bit of uh, the agony and the ecstasy. And <laughs> the ecstasy, of course, is the amazing weather and the fact that people in general come out of their houses. You see more people. Uh, you see more people of color, for sure, in your neighborhood. Because, you know, most people aren't from Seattle. And so when it's shitty and cold outside, it doesn't make sense for them to go out. I'm accustomed to that. I love the shitty weather. I am
2: out and right. about no
0: matter what the temperature is. <laughs> yeah. uh, but summertime does have that effect on people. And I think it does bring people more, together more a little bit more. More of the transplants come out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. Um, and without their umbrellas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. That is a dead
1: giveaway, by the way. If you've got an umbrella, you're not from here. And we know. And we're judging you
2: yeah we are and it's because you know I think everyone knows this by now but it's like it's because because it rains all the time it's like when when do you carry an umbrella with you when it might rain well it might rain fucking eight months out of the year so yeah. you better just like instead of carrying this giant piece of equipment you have like, to wear it on your back like your Jimbo or something Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you just have to you know worked. take other other precautions um, but uh, yeah no all yeah that's a good point all the transplants kind of come out because they're like oh finally
0: Yeah. And but then on top of this, you just have to deal with more people in general and everything just sort of starting to suck a little bit more because it's just way overcrowded and there isn't the infrastructure to deal with it and one thing that I thought was really funny and I think Colin you can speak to the (laughs) specifics on this but I read uh, there was some like you know press release about Canlis the you know super fancy restaurant in Seattle our one like
1: really
2: really nice
0: restaurant the only only, I would say really nice restaurant
1: isn't (sighs) it the only one where you have to wear a jacket is that true Um, I think
2: it's the only dress code in Seattle I mean think there are some like some of the like clubs, probably oh, okay. like the um, but those are clubs, um, yeah, yeah.
1: But uh, yeah,
0: the only restaurant in Seattle where you need to wear a jacket, right? You gotta have never been, make I've never some been semblance of uh, civilization <laughs> as they would see it. Uh, yeah. uh makes sense there. Uh, but anyway, they decided to host, of all things, because of course, Seattle's going this way. Shake Shack Day, <laughs> so naturally. Uh, what? So Shake Shack, if you're not familiar, is I believe it started in New York, and it's just like a literally a shack that uh, makes hamburgers and shakes.
2: Okay, and sounds uh, like Greg's favorite. Like a lot of other things in America, sure, sure, sure.
0: But this one was particularly beloved. Oh, it was like in New a hip York thing for yeah, a minute, yeah. like a fad. Okay, no, yeah, I well, it, it was always very popular in New okay. York, all right, and I all think right. mostly because it was cheap and fast. And they also oh this is so Seattle. Are you ready? So the one that I went to in Madison Park had a separate line for pets. Oh, so your what? dog could get a Shake Shack dessert like an ice
2: cream. Wait, bed-headed. but could you? Could people order too? But it was like no, people no, with no. pets. No, it was pet only line. So you had to, so if you wanted something for your that's not, if you wanted something for your pet, yeah. And when you, you just wanted something, you had to wait in, in both lines together. all the way through. Mm, <laughs> Probably only for a pet. Yeah, but yeah. but
0: basically they had a separate line. That um, you could access if you had a pet and wanted to order dog ice cream or some sort of dog treat. And, I mean, it was
2: hilarious. But I I do see that
1: actually. It sounds like a Portlandia
2: sketch. Like in New York. What the fuck are you even talking about? I just have no. What? Dog fucking ice cream? I mean this okay. is oh, that yeah, is a real thing. Dude, I was
0: out in line for Molly Moon's that's once a thing, yeah. and someone was like, I'll have the dog flavor, blah blah blah. And I was like, wait, what is this person doing? And then she literally ordered ice cream for, made for her dog.
2: Now, at now Molly dog moon. flavored ice cream I would eat. <laughs> Who but... are you, Obama? <laughs> yeah, right. Um Okay, I I I just I'm so confused. I know this is really like like um oh the kids these days, whatever. I don't know, I just don't that's some f- weird, like, bougie shit that I just can't get my head around. Well, it
0: is taking full route. So, in New York, I think it was sort of tongue-in-cheek in New York. Because, like, you didn't
2: see that many people in
0: line for dog <laughs> ice cream whatever, right?
2: But, the, uh, oh, that makes sense for here in Seattle. But like, in Seattle, yeah, you, yeah.
0: the line will be longer. That's a
2: West Coast thing,
0: dude. People, because, you know, we have more people. It's, like, basically the stand-in for a child. Because in Seattle, it's too fucking expensive to have yeah. kids.
2: And it actually makes more sense but economically to have a cat or a dog. Yeah. Yeah. No, you could put up that ironically in Seattle, like like dog ice cream, and you would have like that. That would be your biggest selling thing. People like, oh, I can treat my dog to some ice cream. (laughs) Well, this makes my day. Yeah, my dog deserves it. Now I can stand in two different lines for ice cream.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the people are already in a
2: long enough line as it is. (laughs) That I again, maybe this is everywhere. Maybe this just, but still, now I remember when Molly Moon's first opened like. Fuck! Before I left for LA, yeah, right? it was a This long, is like long almost like time eight ago. years ago, yeah, right? A very long time ago. Like and just the lines around the block because it was our first like boutique ice cream yeah. shop, and like there are now eighteen Molly Moons and forty seven other boutique yeah, ice cream shops, everywhere. and still. Somehow they managed to have fucking lines out the door. That's well, why they
0: take so goddamn long to serve you. <laughs> yeah. You know
2: that's one of the. Everyone's yeah. got to taste all the God, flavors. That, that drives me and insane. It's like, you know what? <gasps> okay, yeah. fuck you and yeah. your samples. Yeah, I fuck have you. never got a sample of anything yeah. <laughs> anywhere oh. that wasn't sitting open, free to grab. Go off now, If there's just a sample <laughs> to grab, <laughs> if there's a fucking sample just out to grab, I will fucking gravitate to that. I will go out of my way. I'll go to an aisle I don't even want to go down at Costco. <laughs> to grab a fucking free sample that's just fucking sitting there but I have never never asked for a sample take a fucking risk just order what fucking sounds good and go fuck I've, just the idea of asking someone to give you a little like paper or wooden spoon scoop of something is fucking insane. Yeah. Ju- if you're it, a just sociopath. fucking order it. Next time, you'll know whether you like it or not. <laughs> next time. Just order a fucking ice cream. Jesus.
0: Also, it's all good. It's all fucking sugar and milk. milk. Yeah, so yeah.
2: right. <laughs>
1: you're going to get your uh, sugar rush.
2: One or the other. It is good to
0: get that, that. That's what we try to do. We try to get that Cider Greg
1: <laughs> out.
0: And because someone, yeah. you know, it feels That's good. That's his bottle that just
2: came out. It <laughs> oh <That> was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and my blood's up, guys.
0: Like, here's the. You can. There's some champagne left. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah taking it from you, the you bottle now. You earned
2: it.
1: <laughs>
0: But uh, so I saw this uh, I thought oh that, that's that's funny you know what I mean like Canlis hosting the Shake Shack also had fond memories of Shake Shack so I was like oh that you know I would do that but then you know immediately like,
2: wait did you actually live in New York for a couple other, years? oh not even
0: that long like six months
2: okay yeah. I right. knew it was a while yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and so th- like you know how your brain works where like you get a thought and then like it stimulates a neuron which then <laughs> so like so what I my brain which I think in most you know, people that have deal with this bullshit enough. It's like, oh, that looks like a good thing to do, and then immediately the other neurons in your brain is like, "There's going to be like a million other people there. Don't yes. even bother doing yes. it." So I, I didn't even check up on it or know anything. Colin, did you go or did
1: <clears> you? <throat> I, okay, so I did not go, um, but we—I had tentative plans to attend. So this whole th- sorted affair started a while back, where you could sign up, you could RSVP to go. Now, RS-
2: RSVP for a, a milkshake.
1: Exactly. So when you hear... This is canless. But when you hear, well, it, uh, when you hear about... Okay, okay. Reservation required. When you hear about an RS, RSVP, you kind of think, well, okay, I have some guarantee, or I have a place online, or there will be some, as we love in Seattle, some process, right? <laughs> so then about maybe a week later, there's this email that goes, hey, everybody on the RSVP list, the RSVP list doesn't mean anything at all. You're not guaranteed to anything. Oh, and by the way, there's no parking so uh figure that out somehow and immediately i responded to everyone that i was going to go with and i said we're not going this is (laughs) this is going to be a catastrophe and so um leading up to that uh i in this group text um we were just kind of arguing and uh as i mentioned before i have a young daughter so i was just fighting like we're not going we can't go like this is just not going to work and people were trying to drag us. And eventually, one of those people went. And she she ended up going at 11, which I think is when it opened. Hmm. When she showed up, the line was already, like, four blocks long down 99.
2: Holy shit.
1: She didn't eat for three hours.
2: <laughs> she stayed in line she for three stayed hours?
1: In line. Three hours later, they <laughs> sent an email. Like, by the time she got to the front of the line, they sent another email to everybody on the RSVP that said, fuck off if you're not in line you're not getting a burger
2: (laughs) and so what is it about people in this town that that they have
1: to stay like and that's what I was saying I was like why would you want to do that that's three hours there's so many fucking shakes and burgers in this town and you know what they weren't even serving shakes Oh, they only had burgers, fries, and like.
2: Whoa, It's called fucking Shake Exactly,
1: Shack. it doesn't even say burger in the name. Like, what are they trying going on? to pull
2: an IHOB?
1: Okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> now <laughs> wait a minute. Let's clear away something. Shakes and
2: breakfast does in their normal menu. Does canless have a burger on the menu because that would be insane to me but i at the same time wouldn't be surprised if they do i absolutely I not know okay yeah. thank you okay okay good good you've it, it's, that restores some of my faith in yeah. my concept of humanity okay prefix kind of menu yeah sure great thing. great so. okay i hope to christ there's no burger if i go to Canlis one day and i'm like man i've finally made it I, I, i'm like <laughs> well, by the i throw time on the jacket it, they pull out of a closet to make me wear <laughs> and uh, and I sit down at my table and I open a menu and it has like the canless burger. I'm going to fuck. I'm going <laughs> to just my, mm, oh the like the depression, you'll see it in my body just sink. and go. Oh my well, God. What you're going to do is for?
0: you're, you're going to, by, by the time that this happens, right? I mean, things are changing, uh, getting more casual every day in Seattle. By the time this happens, you're going to get there. You're going to look at the waiter and you're going to say, what do you recommend? And he's going to be like, <laughs> canless burger <laughs> oh,
2: okay now hang on i do that is my strategy at many many restaurants is, I've, yeah i've not, seen you employ that before. not to say what do you recommend but i, I usually ask what's the best you know <laughs> and then there's usually at, at a place like canless i think they the wait staff would probably be ready to answer that a lot of places they go they get confused for a minute and then go like because you want their opinion and that's bizarre yeah. um that's
0: such a seattle thing
2: too yeah like but, just being like, uh, I don't hmm never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Because, uh, because who, nobody uh nobody ever asked that. But that's how I you know, if I've never been someplace, that's usually what I'm asking. Um but uh but you know, I feel like a canless they would have a response to that yeah problem. they'd have
1: some nuanced answer
2: yeah which is great that's what i'm looking for. that's why i would i dream I someday someday i will eat well i think that's a so, thing I, that they will go to the any view length of, of to, lake union uh high above you know in yeah. the clouds i will uh
0: consider the john wayne table yeah a table john, number one
2: yeah it's got a phone it's got a What phone. the fuck are you talking what because john wayne ate their one yeah phone? does it have his yeah. picture that was, that was his favorite or was that table. too techy it's
1: i think it does have his picture
0: everybody uh enjoy your pride uh week or i guess it's over now but i hope you enjoyed your pride week and uh yeah keep on keeping on stay cool out there uh hit us up on twitter at uh seattle sucks pod and don't forget to subscribe on itunes or the google has a podcast app yeah now and we're on there and we're on it so you should you should check it out um it's pretty rad anyways uh yeah talk to you all later
2: see ya right on